Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business talk, inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Hello and welcome to Enterprise Now. I am your host, LZ Flinnard. We have an incredible lineup. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. And today I have as a guest, Ms. Terry McGrath, CEO and founder of Care Visits. Uh, Terry, are you there? I'm here, LZ. So let's just dig right in. Um, Tell the people a little bit about yourself um tell them a little bit about how you came to um to start care visits and um and what you're doing now great well i want to first say thank you so much lz for inviting me to come on the show i think that um forums like this is definitely critical in the entrepreneurship community so thank you for giving me a voice today not a problem um and just to briefly introduce myself my name is terry mackerath i'm the ceo and founder of care visits here in chicago a little bit about care visits. We are a elderly care service. What we do is we conduct well-being checks for the sick, elderly, and dis- and disabled within our community. What we're trying to do is make an impact within the community by ensuring that we can improve patient outcomes. So we want to check on the elderly, especially when their loved ones cannot be there, and just make sure that they have everything that they need so that they can age with dignity and respect and so that they can improve their outcomes. So that's a little bit about myself and the organization. Elsie, did you want me to continue? Awesome. Awesome. Help. So for the, for those of us who are um, not as astute into that, that business, um, obviously there are some of us who have loved ones who are elderly disabled and that need this service. Give us a little bit of insight on the growth of this industry, um, you know, obviously we have the population is changing. So help us understand from a business perspective what that looks like. Yes, that's a great point, Elsie. And actually, before I get into that, I should probably mention how I came up with this idea or concept, if that's okay. Please do. Because I think um, that as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for the next big idea, and we tend to overthink the possibilities. Hmm. Sometimes the answer comes to us when we least expect it. And I think it's about us paying attention to what's going on around us, paying attention to the everyday problems that we need to solve. And to give you a perfect example regarding what um, the, what I'm getting to, I remember reading a story about Procter & Gamble and how they came up with the Swiffer. So we all know the Swiffer is like a napkin on the bottom of a stick, right, that we use to clean up dust around the house or pet hair or whatever we're using it for. And actually the idea for the Swiffer stemmed from just observing women cleaning the house. So in observing these women cleaning the house, they noticed that when a woman spilled coffee on the floor, she had to wet a paper towel to clean up the coffee grounds. So literally that's how they came up with this idea. And it took a while for it to stick. It seemed like an outrageous concept at the time. But needless to say, they bought into it, and it's making them billions of dollars today. And the reason why I bring up that story is because the concept for care visits actually is very similar in that my grandmother, two years ago, she was suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. And I just observed um, her care and how there was a lack of coordination. It was a lack of resources and how we were really struggling to take care of her. 
as she was coming towards the end of her life. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling tapped out like we didn't have the resources that we needed. And come to find out there were other caregivers like myself. I did some research and discovered that there are over 39% of Americans that are caregivers and that caregiving is a multi-billion dollar industry within itself. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is literally where I came up with the concept um, for caregivers. And I just mentioned that because I think even though when I was going through a time, right, that seems to be pretty sad in my life, out of that sadness came a spark for a really great idea. So I think as entrepreneurs, we just have to pay attention to the problems that we can solve. And if we ourselves will utilize those solutions. And I guess I should stop there and turn it back over to you because I don't know if I answered your question yet. <laughs> no, that that's perfect. I, a lot of what you said makes a lot of sense. So the part where you're talking about out of the sadness, out of the struggle, we'll call it, came the idea or the, the, the epiphany or as Oprah would call it, the aha moment. So I think it's important for our listeners, if you're out, if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur uh, at heart and you, you know, you're a business owner or you want to be a business owner, just having that mindset of understanding that through through struggle, a lot of times that's where ideas, that's that's where your strength comes from. Right. Because when you struggle, you get stronger. You don't get stronger when you don't struggle. Exactly. And to go back to your original um, question, so I actually left a job, paid $75,000 a year with full benefits to launch Care Visit. Wow. So that's how passionate I am about this company and trying to help other caregivers like myself and preparing them to take care of their loved ones. Because I think it's a discussion that we often don't want to have in our community until mm -hmm. our loved ones become gravely ill. And by then, it's kind of too late because then we're being more re reactive than proactive. Mm. So with that said, I quit my job um, and I had a little bit of savings, mm -hmm. um, no investors. And I decided to step out on faith and launch this company because I think it's important, of course, to take the opportunity to follow your dreams, especially when you receive a calling like this one. Wow. Let me let me jump in for a second, Terry. Help help our listeners understand the moment you you stepped out there, right? You you quit the only income that you had. What was that like? What what went what goes through your mind when you when you actually do that, because 80, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers on this, right. But SBA estimates that upwards of 80, 80% of the people um, that have jobs want to quit their jobs and do their own thing. But it's that one thing that, that, that fear that keeps them from taking the step that you took. Walk us through what that was like and, and what goes through your mind when you're, when you're actually jumping out there and doing it and following your passion. Yes, that's a great question. Um, well, it was very scary. Um, I don't think that I've ever done anything to this magnitude in my life where I risked everything financially, emotionally, right, physically um, to take on such a great project. Um, so it was very, very scary. But I should probably add that I did have a little help. Um, so I walked into the SBA office, which was literally three, four steps down from where I worked at this job paying 75000 a year. And I knew the SBA office was there, and I kept telling myself, okay, one day you're going to go. Mm. One day you're going to go. But in the back of my head, I'm kind of talking myself out of it, right? They're not going to give you any money. Mm -hmm. You don't have a lot of collateral. Mm -hmm. so, so one day I literally, and I think this is important to mention, I literally just stepped out on stage got up the courage to walk two doors down to the SBA office to just have a conversation with them mm. and pitch my concept just to kind of get some validation in a way, not that you need it um, as entrepreneurs, but just to get some validation as whether my idea was a good idea. So I literally took like a two, three page PowerPoint, sat down with an advisor. The advisors are free at the SBA office mm. and they looked at my concept and they, and they said, this is a really good idea. So I think to answer your question, once I got that validation from the SBA office, somebody else kind of validated my idea, and I had some support from friends and family members as well, then I knew that it was something that I, I needed to do, and also out of honor for my grandmother so that, again, other caregivers don't find themselves in the position that we were in when she transitioned um, in her life. So it's, it was very scary. But I have to admit, I did have some support from family, and I did have um, some validation from the SBA office. And I think that made me 
a lot more courageous mm-hmm. and taking that leap of faith. Gotcha. Yep. So help us understand the early days. So you, you walk uh, a few doors down, you, you get up the courage to finally take that leap. What happens next? Well, what happens next is, again, the how. So how am I going to launch this company with no money and walking out of my job paying 75000 a year with benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the first steps that I took was to see if I could take out a small loan. Um, so I mentioned um, probably a moment ago that you don't necessarily need investors. Mm-hmm. But the SBA office provided me with a packet of information. Mm-hmm. And in that packet included an organization called Axion, A-C-C-I-O-N. And Axion actually provides business loans to entrepreneurs if they have, a obviously, a viable concept. Mm -hmm. So with that said, the next step was to figure out how I was going to get some of the seed money. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I did was I took out a small loan from Axion, A-C-C-I-O-N, and that helped me build or develop my website, also get uniforms for us, some collateral, so the small loan definitely helped. Um, and the other thing, too, was to obviously <laughs> figure out how I was going to survive. Mm-hmm. And one thing I decided to do as well was to go back to school. So mm-hmm. I actually studied while I was launching Care Business. So I don't know if, there's an, if that's an option for someone. Um, but I also decided that I was going to, you know, take some time to study and mm-hmm. then use resources, you know, from my scholarships and such to help me fund the business. So those were kind of the steps that I took. Wow. You said so much in that. I, I'm going to try to unpack some of it. Yes. So what I heard and, and I get these um, Axion. Uh, I see them on Facebook. I, you know, a lot of times you don't know if companies are legit or if they're not. So if you're listening, Axion is um, apparently legit because, uh, you know, the CEO of Care Visits used them to launch our business. So um, free plug to Axion. I hope that uh, they continue to support entrepreneurs and small businesses. Um, so another thing that I heard in there was you studied. You took the time to study, to educate yourself on what you needed to do. Your mindset was, I don't have a, I don't have a safety net. There's no, you know, there's nothing else to fall back on. This is it. So I think as a small business, as a potential small business owner, um, slash entrepreneur, the mindset is super important. Talk to us a little bit about that, how your mindset affects what you do and how you do it and how you go about launching your business. Yes, I think that's another great point. Um, I think if you go into it thinking that you're going to fail um, and thinking that you're going to need a plan B, then you will fail. So school was not necessarily a plan B for me. It was just um, something to obviously, you know, make me more savvy, more business savvy, so that I could, um, you know, be more successful in my business. Mm -hmm. But to your point, the mindset that I think you need to have is obviously that you're going to do this and you're going to be successful. I don't think there's any any other way, you know, around it. It's scary at times, you know, because you don't have the resources that you need Mm -hmm. and you're always trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get that done? But I think you have to, you know, always believe in yourself and always keep moving with the resources that you have available to you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not sure if my if the people who are listening now tune in last week, but we talked a little bit about the football analogy analogy and how when you're the running back, when you when you catch that ball. Um, the ball being your business, your baby, your uh, your dream. There are the we gave four steps and four things to you know to do. Um, so if you would like to know what that is, you have to go back and listen to, to last week. But it was a really it was really practical in that you know this is your baby. You have to protect it and you have to expect that there are going to be challenges, but you have to persevere and you have to continue to to work toward your goal. Um. Let's see. So tell us a little bit about um, your business structure. Are you an LLC? Are you an S-Corp? Help our listeners understand kind of how you're structured and and why. Yes, that's a great point. And I did hear last week's broadcast in a football analogy, so we can come back to that. Um, But taking a look at my type of business, so I formed an LLC. So I did seek 
the assistance of attorneys. Okay. And that's because healthcare is a new industry to me. And I wanted to make sure that we were licensed to conduct business in the U.S. because we're not licensed CNAs or RNs. What we're trying to do is just go go into the elderly's home. We're trying to go into the nursing home, the rehabilitation center, the hospital, and just check on them for 45 minutes to an hour to see that they're okay. So we're not trying to administer meds or or help them with daily activities like, you know, dressing them, bathing them, et cetera. We really just want to drop in and see if they're okay. So with that said, I consulted attorneys to obviously inform me, better inform me regarding if we need any licenses here in the state of Illinois and which business they thought it was appropriate, which business type they thought was appropriate for us to form. So LLC is what we decided on, and partly, too, because – the LLC, you can actually write off business losses mm-hmm. um, on your personal tax income. So I can actually combine the two um, tax returns. So it works out for me because, of course, the first year is, is hard. Mm-hmm. So you're going to end up writing off some, some losses. And I really didn't want to deal with the board of directors, with corporations and things like that. And I don't have a partner to form a partnership. So the LLC just worked out better for me. Gotcha. Because the one thing that you absolutely need and want as a startup entrepreneur business owner is a board to report to investors to be accountable to i'm kidding obviously (laughs) but yeah i mean it it makes sense it's it's real practical um advice um, for entrepreneurs uh terry we're going to take a quick break and um we'll be back in a few minutes sounds good thank you You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Care Visits is a respite care service that provides relief to busy caregivers. Care Visits conducts well-being checks for the sick, the elderly, and the disabled in the Chicagoland area. Care Visits' mission is to improve patient outcomes by collaborating with members of the care team. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Turned down by the Decca Recording Company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. Told him he was too stupid to learn anything and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. His fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never lived. And we're back. You're listening to WQYLDB Radio. This is Enterprise Now. I am your host, Elsie Flinnard, and we are talking with our esteemed guest, Miss Terry McArath, CEO and founder of Care Visits. Are you with us? I'm here, Elsie. Thank awesome, you. Awesome, awesome. So I, I would tell you who those folks that uh, that video was was or that um, that audio spot was talking about listeners but I'm gonna leave you hanging until uh, toward the end of the show um, okay. so <laughs> let's go uh, let's dive right back into some of the questions so how many employees do you have if you have any and 
last week we had a, on um, on our show um, a barber, so he had independent contractors versus employees. Is that similar to how you're um, structured, or is it different? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so we have a similar structure in that we have independent contractors that are our visitation consultants or field representatives, whatever term you would associate it with it. Um, so they work as needed, meaning when caregiver schedule well-being checks via our website when they tell us okay we need you to check on our loved ones this time and date then we dispatch a independent contractor that will go and conduct a well-being check conduct a survey on site and then share that results with the caregiver or the members of the care team so yes they are independent contractors but i wanted to also add that they do have a team of investors so when i started out a year ago it was just me but, um, but now I do have a team of advisors that are putting in what I call sweat equity. Gotcha. And I think this is important to note because there are a lot of individuals out there that may be passionate about the same thing that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And they may be willing to help now with hopes that in the future you bring them on board, you know, as a full-time regular employee or board member or something to that effect. So I have a VP of pricing and strategy. I have a director of IT. I also have a, a possible chief medical officer joining okay. the organization. Awesome. Um, I have an intern working with us right now, working for college credit. So I'm actually not paying the intern anything because she's going to conduct some research for us over the summer that's going to be very valuable to our business. And we'll be able to sell this data and the results of this research to our possible clients or potential clients and get some business, you know, from that project. So. Um, so to answer your question, yes, independent contractors, but also keep in mind that you can bring together a team of advisors mm-hmm. and interns as well and just have everyone put in the sweat mm-hmm. and then hopefully get some equity later. <laughs> okay. So you, you bring up a really good point. And this always goes back to mindset. I always harp on mindset because I, I feel like it almost doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be successful. For For example interns that is a a a very 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 efficient and and the thing about it is is it's a win-win for everyone the intern needs the experience you know the company needs the 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 work or the function or whatever they're doing and everyone everyone grows from it and it benefits everyone so i think um again just having that mindset uh, of not taking the challenges and 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 saying, okay, here's why I can't do it. But having the mindset to say, okay, here's my challenge. How can I get this done? Being creative enough to say, okay, maybe I don't have the the, the capital to hire a full-time person, but is this, is this work that's valuable to an intern? Can I, can I bring an intern on, um, whether it's paid or, or not, can I bring an intern on and, and, and still accomplish the same thing? So I think, again, just the, the mindset is, is super important for entrepreneurs. Exactly. And if I can mention too, so I'm reading this book by Jason Free called Rework. And that's actually what he talks about is you don't need a lot of money. You don't need investors. You just need to work with what you have. And I think internships and advisors is a good way to do that. So instead of feeling like you're lacking, like you mentioned a moment ago on resources, just start tapping people on the shoulder and telling them about your idea and what you're trying to accomplish. If they can give just a couple hours a week or a month to help you as you're scaling your business, you you will be surprised how many people will actually help you out and offer their advice. And I forgot to uh, mention that I do have a marketing advisor as well. Okay. So I don't want to leave him out. <laughs> that is a very good segue into my next question. Marketing and advertising. How how do you accomplish that? What's what are the some of the ways that you market and advertise your business? That's a great question. So when I initially launched Care Business, I thought I needed to have this super like huge budget and I needed to bring in, you know, a whole marketing team and and I needed to launch this huge project that was going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't have. Um, but I soon realized that there's a lot that we can do. Again, going back to what Jason Fried says and using or utilizing what you have now. So literally, I launched social media campaigns via Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Um, just launched a couple of advertise, advertisement campaigns that will literally cost you between 10 and $20 to get the word out there. 
Um, also start developing content, um, again, for social media, but also content for press releases um, as well, partnering with um, some members of the media to actually put advertisements and or have them interview me for articles in the newspaper. Um, I actually had a camera crew come out to the house to film a commercial um, as well, which cost us a little of nothing. I think it cost us a couple hundred dollars to have this company come out and put together like a mini commercial for us. Okay. So those are some of the ways um, that I've been, you know, engaged in marketing and advertising at this point. I do see in the future us doing more referral-based uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's why I have a marketing advisor, because he's helping us better understand our customers, our segments, and what our customers really need, because I think that's important, too, before you try to launch any campaign. Um, so I'm sure it's going to look a lot different now that I have someone that's a little bit more experienced than I am. Um, I think it's going to fine-tune and streamline, you know, our approach in the future. But that's kind of some of what we've done so far. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. I was um, going to mention my, my last guest uh, last week um, talked about the importance of word of mouth and, you know, basically client-to-client um, advertising. Um, and, and you kind of alluded to that in your, your response there, that that's something that you guys are definitely going to be um, kind of honing in on and, and making sure that you're sending the right message that way. Yes, I think that's very, very important. Other than that, um, obviously, visibility in the community, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit. So we actually attended, for example, there was a church workshop in reference to women and empowerment, mm-hmm. and over 90% of caregivers are women. So we wanted to be present to show our support for women. Um, and also at that event, we gave them goodie bags, you know, mm-hmm. just so we could tell them a little bit more about us and how, how we can help them. So visibility in the community, um, outreach, I think, is important too. marketing and advertising. Gotcha. So while we're there, let's let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about that. Um, do you have any initiatives that you're you're doing now other than the one you just mentioned or um, initiatives that you want to take part on, uh, of in the future? Yes, so we have two initiatives that we're participating in this summer, which I'm very excited about. Um, and this goes back to forming those critical partnerships. So again, doing the best with what you have, right? So as you're trying to build your client base, I think it's important to form those partnerships where the doors may be open to you if it's not right now, uh, at a later date, because you never know who can introduce you to someone that might be a potential client. So, for example, we've decided to work with a neurologist here in Chicago to educate the south side of Chicago on stroke prevention and awareness. So we have a significantly high number of African Americans that are dying from stroke on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. and primarily because, obviously, they're not educated on what to do if they're experiencing signs and symptoms of a, of a stroke, and they don't know that there are two stroke hospitals right there that can take care of them. So with that said, we're partnering with Dr. Neelam, and it's actually a grant that Northwestern and Rush um, were given by the federal government to move forward with this initiative. So we're going to be working with them to educate the community. And of course, that increases visibility for us and helps us build those partnerships and relationships. So that's the first project. And the second project that we're working on is more so about helping check on the elderly during the summer because we know with these high temperatures, you have a lot of isolated um, elderly members of our community, Mm -hmm. and we don't want them to be suffering, right, Um, in silence. So we're actually going to volunteer with an organization to hopefully um, target 40 elderly um, members of our community that we will check in on a regular basis to see how they're doing. Okay. So those are the two projects. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to help support those initiatives, uh, I guess now is a good time to, to maybe give them um, some some directions that way. Is there a, a, an email that they can send, um, email address that they can contact you uh, by? or? Um... Yeah, that's a great point. So you can email me, Terry Macarath at carebusiness.com, and I can actually post it, L, uh, LD, if that's okay. okay. Um, or do you want me to spell it out for them on the, <laughs> right now? I don't know if they'll know how to spell my name, but sure. um, Terry Macarath at carebusiness.com if you're interested in either one of those initiatives. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and spell it out for them so that, you know, if they want to want to donate or, or get involved somehow, they'll have your your information. OK, great, great. So it's Terry, T-E-R-I, Macarath, that's M as in Mary, C as in Cat, E as in Network, L as in Larry, R as in Rabbit, 
as in Apple, T as in Tom, H as in Harry, at care with the K, carevisits.com. Awesome. Thank you. So who would you say has been instrumental in your success thus far? Wow. Um, I think that's a loaded question. Um, but I would have to say my grandmother. Um, and I think I mentioned um, earlier my grandmother was the reason for me launching Care Business and just seeing her um, transition to end of life mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, trying to be there and care for her. Um, and uh, I remember what she just, she always told me that I could be anything that I wanted to be. And whatever crazy ideas I came up with, she was always there to support them. So I think she was the most instrumental to me. Um, she was my pastor, my friend, and my parent at the same time. Gotcha. So I think that's important to mention because as entrepreneurs, it's very hard, you know, to keep everything going, right, while you're building. Mm -hmm. um, and building, of course, like we mentioned a moment ago, sometimes a lack of resources. So understanding your why um, and waking up every morning and thinking about your why, whether that's like me, my grandmother, I should probably say my baby sister, too, in case she's listening. Um, or if it's, you know, your your wife, your children, um, wherever it is that you are doing this for, um, of course, yourself, you know, but you have to get up in the morning and remember your why, and that'll help you, I think, continue to be courageous, you know, as you move forward with your, with your project. Gotcha. Um, so that is so important to, to understand your why. I think you could probably do a motivational speech just on that. Understand your why. Why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? That is very, very powerful. Thank you for that. Um, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about... Um, the other thing I heard w as you were talking there is the word hard. I don't think that prospective business owners slash entrepreneurs really have a sense of just how difficult it is. Help us understand just how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you know, people look at it and it's glamorous, right? They see the, 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 <laughs> the upsides, right? But it's hard work, is it not? It is, and I think I mentioned earlier in the call, and I'm not ashamed to share my story, right, that I quit a job, again, paying 75000 a year, downtown Chicago, full benefits, uh, with very little money in the bank, and obviously no benefits um, after I quit there, but, but in either case, uh, what I mean by it's hard or challenging is that you literally have to be reborn. You have to eliminate all notions that you had about what life is, what it's about, and what it takes to be successful, you almost have to reset um, your mindset to your point, LZ, what you mentioned earlier. You almost have to hit the reset button. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you would be amazed at how creative you become. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. So I quit my job. Um, needless to say, I was able to make it okay for the first couple months, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. um, having a little bit of savings. Yeah. But I sold cinnamon rolls. I was an Uber driver. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I worked at Grubhub. I did customer service. Nice. Um, so I, I probably had about four to five different part-time jobs late last year. Mm -hmm. um, but So that's what I mean by it's hard. But you know what? It was It's such an amazing space to be in because you don't realize – um, how, again, creative and innovative you can be in times like that mm -hmm. and how how powerful you are because you have control over what you want to do and where you want to go. So I was the captain of my ship, right, the mm -hmm. destiny of my soul, yep. and I directed my life last year. So if I wanted to be an Uber driver today, I was an Uber driver. If I wanted to go <laughs> do something else another day, and I think that that's, that's a powerful um Thing, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur and we need to harness that power and realize that that's really the space you want to be in. Um, it sounds scary, but believe me, it's definitely rewarding. <laughs> gotcha. So there's there's freedom there. There's freedom. Yes. I can remember just feeling so light when I left that corporate job um, and just feeling happier every day. You know, there's such joy in my spirit knowing that I'm following my dream. And yes, I might have to do, you know, some, some harder tasks here or there, 
But I'd rather do that than not to be following my dream because you'll you'll re- you'll regret it. You'll never forgive yourself, and you'll always have your dream tugging at your heartstrings if mm. you're just sitting there, you know, not doing anything about it. So, so I'm happy about you know what I decided to do. I would do it again. Gotcha. Obviously, I'm still engaged in it, but <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I was um I was having a conversation. I went to a um a, an entrepreneur um networking event. And, and and I I wish I could take credit for this, but it it was a brilliant saying, uh, you know the the saying was this is that you you tend to when you're when you're older and you, you look back on your life, you tend to not regret the things that you did as much as you regret the things that you did not do. Exactly. And I had to pause and, and really think about that, you know, as as I'm I'm going about my life. It, it's true. I, there are some things that I've done that weren't weren't so good, but really looking back, it's the things that you didn't do. Right. It, you look and you say, well, maybe what if I what if I had done that? You know, what if I would have just taken that chance? What if I had had a taken that shot? Right. They say the the shot that that you don't take is a shot that you definitely miss. So um, I, I think that speaks volumes. And, and again, I hate to keep harp, harping on mindset, but it's a mindset thing. It's it's about saying, you know, you know what? It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But if I don't do this, I'll never know. I'll never know. Exactly. And if I can mention, too, so I mentioned that I'm reading a book and I'm not getting proceeds from this book. It's just the best, I think, read that was recommended to me um, so far. Um, Jason Freed also mentions, too, so we think as an entrepreneur, we have to quit our day jobs, right? And we have to kind of go hard, like I mentioned that I did last year, which is fine, which is fine. But he also mentions that you don't have to do that. So I think it's a matter of discipline, to your point, um, LZ, and mindset. Um, even if you can work on your idea a little bit every day, as long as you're doing something, but just don't let yourself be distracted, you know, by your nine to five too much, you know what I mean, where you're not working on your dream at all. So it is possible to do both. I gotcha. should probably mention that. Um, gotcha. But if you're able to quit and go full time, great. But if not, then just make sure, you know, that you're taking steps in the right direction. Gotcha. That That is really good stuff. Um, I hate to do this, but we have to take a quick break. And we'll be back in a little bit. Thank you. You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Care Visits is a respite care service that provides relief to busy caregivers. Yes, care here. Visits conducts well-being checks for the sick, the elderly, and the disabled in the Chicagoland area. Care Visits' mission is to improve patient outcomes by collaborating with members of the care team. Doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. Cause she was engaged. I never forget uh, when 50 Cent was doing his movie. I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, "When do you sleep, 50? Sleep?" He said, "Sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep." He said I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. The most important thing is this, to be able at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you will become. Some of you, you can make sacrifices when Monday Night Football is not on. You can make a sacrifice, but when the game come on, for some reason, you just attach to it. For some of you, when your favorite show come on, you, you, can, be, you can make sacrifices on Sunday when there ain't nothing going on. But when your favorite show comes on Monday, bam, some of you, you focus until the phone ring, and then you're like, I got to answer it. If I don't answer the phone, I'm going to die. 
I'm saying to you today that there are some of you, if you give up your cell phone, you would be successful. But your cell phone is more important to you than your success. supposed to you supposed to build something you supposed to create something I don't know how to do it learn do whatever is required just go out there it's possible you can get what you want it's necessary if you want it you got to go into action you got to be willing to experiment you got to be willing to fail and to succeed you got to be willing to form and develop new relationships it's you it's on you you got to make that happen nobody's gonna bring it to you on a silver platter and say here's your dream manifested no it's hard yes it's hard it's difficult, yes, right, and it's worth it. You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business time. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Care Visits is a respite care service that provides relief to busy caregivers. Care Visits conducts well-being checks for the sick, the elderly, and the disabled in the Chicagoland area. Care Visits' mission is to improve patient outcomes by collaborating with members of the care team. All right, we are back. This is Elsie Flanard. This is Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. We have our esteemed guest, Miss Terry McArath, CEO and founder of Care Visits. Um, so, Terry, is there something that um, instead of me asking all the questions, is there anything you would like to talk about? You would like our listeners to 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 hear, um, enlighten us about, about anything? Anything you want to talk about? Yes, um, I want to go back to your football analogy, um, which definitely was, I think, profound. And one of the things you mentioned was holding your idea tight to the vest. Mm -hmm. And I used to always think that I had to do that, watch my back, um, somebody's going to steal my idea. But I think what I've learned this past year since I've launched Care Business is that it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um I think as African-Americans, we need to share more. Um, we need to pass the knowledge along um, to those, especially the generations coming up behind us. And we need to collaborate more. Okay. So what's happening in, in the African-American community is everybody is looking out you know, for their own, right, their, their own um, idea, mm -hmm. and they're not engaging with others. So I can count on one hand how many African-American entrepreneurs are part of the startup community that I'm a part of. And that's really sad because um, I know there we have a lot of bright African-American entrepreneurs and business owners out there. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we're not pulling together as a community. Um, so I think one of my missions in moving forward as an entrepreneur is to not only grow my business, but to also figure out how to become an advocate and how to bring, you know, other entrepreneurs in our community together so so that we can help each other progress. Because I think what's happening, too, is we have a lot of entrepreneurs that fail, mm -hmm. um, and it's taking us longer to get to where we need to be. And I think that's because we're not helping each other in, during the process. 
kind of isolating ourselves. And being an entrepreneur can be a pretty lonely place if you don't have other people in the community to engage with. So I would just like to see us continue to have a voice and continue to work together. Okay, that's awesome. And I agree. Help us to understand what ways can can we do that uh, if we have callers on the line that are you know entrepreneurs now or thinking about becoming entrepreneurs. Are there any networking groups, websites, uh, email lists, anything that they can become a part of? And if so, how do they do that? Um, yes. So I mentioned that I'm part of a tech startup community. Um, so the community that I'm a part of is called Matter Chicago, M-A-T-T-E-R, as in do something that matters. And it's a health tech startup community um, in downtown Chicago. So you can go on their website. If you're thinking about becoming a tech entrepreneur in healthcare, you can actually submit. I think you have to submit an application and a one-minute pitch, like video. Okay. Um, and then they actually review your application. And if you're accepted, um, then you can become a part of that community. But there are other communities as well. Um, startup Grind is another one. Okay. Um, they actually have a meetup. So if you go to meetup.com and you can actually obviously complete a profile at meetup.com and then just look for Startup Grind. They have a lot of different activities throughout the year nationally. So there may be something within your own neighborhood okay. um, that you can participate in. And at minimal, not that you have to go and make a commitment to these organizations, but you can go and listen to other entrepreneurs and what they're experiencing in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And you can learn from their mistakes, and you can get some advice on how you should proceed with your idea. Um, so those are a couple of resources that I can think of um, off the top of my head that has helped me. Okay. And there are many others out there, too, but those, just, those are a couple that I can think of um, that may be instrumental. Okay. So I think that kind of segues into my next question or, or topic. What else can we do? And, and I guess give our listeners um, a feel for how important collaboration is in general in, in, in business. You know, how important is networking and, and collaboration? That's a great question. And I think the best way I can answer that question is to give you a, um, or to tell you a story. So when I first launched Care Visits, I didn't even think of Care Visits as being a tech startup. I'm thinking of us as just being a service-based company. So literally, I wandered into one of those um, startup events that I was just telling you about. I wandered into the startup grind in Merchandise Mart. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, I went to kind of hear the story and journey of another female entrepreneur and what she went through in launching her startup. Okay. So needless to say, while I was attending this event, another African-American entrepreneur saw that I registered for the event, came and found me at the event, called me by name, and said, Terry, I know who you are. I've been to your <laughs> website. Come follow me. Let me give you a tour of the building. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned about Matter Chicago. Okay. I didn't even know about this tech incubator that had connections with all these hospitals and corporations and politicians in Chicago. So needless to say, to your point, it was that one connection, someone seeking me out and opening my eyes to the opportunities within Merchandise Mart that I hadn't even considered because I hadn't even thought that broadly about my company in general. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm telling you, the, the resources uh, are unlimited and the doors that they're opening for me are endless. So that's just an example of how we need to support each other and seek each other out mm -hmm. because it was that one African-American um, colleague of mine that found me and told me about the possibilities. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so switching gears a little bit, help yeah. our, our listeners understand, um, we, we kind of alluded to it um, earlier in terms of how hard it is and, and there's a lot of work, but give us an idea of some of your responsibilities as the business owner. Some of my responsibilities. So as the CEO and founder of the company, I know the most about the organization, right? And sometimes I think I need to remember that because it was my idea, it was my baby, actually, that I thought of actually in the back seat of my aunt's car mm -hmm. um, right after my grandmother passed. Um, but with that said, I know everything about the business from an operations perspective, from a technology perspective, from a sales perspective, marketing perspective. So literally, I wear all of those hats. Gotcha. So in order for me to 
instruct one of my advisors on what I need them to do mm-hmm. on intern on a project, a research project that I think will be instrumental for our business. I need to know about all those different facets of the business, especially, too, in pitching. I'm not pitching to investors right now, mm-hmm. but if I decide to do that in the future, and as I engage clients, I need to know my business inside and out. So whatever question that is thrown my way, I need to be able to answer that question. So with that said, my responsibility is pretty much is every position you can think of within the company, including being a field representative. So I also need to understand what my field representatives go through when they visit an elderly community member. Um, what What is that experience like for them? So I can better articulate that and I can better understand our service and where there's gaps in our service and how we need to improve. Mm-hmm. And also in thinking about the future of my company. So how do we need to innovate? So I'm always thinking about innovation because we have to stay ahead of our competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm not thinking about just care visits today in current state. I'm thinking of care visits five, ten years from now. Gotcha. So I'm also the innovation director. Okay. So I'm the human, re- human resource person, <laughs> the innovation director. I'm the talent acquisition manager. I'm the marketing <laughs> director. Um, I hold all of these positions within the company, whether it's direct or indirect. Um, so I can best advise others so that we can best move the company forward. Gotcha. That makes- <laughs> gotcha. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, I know this just because I know this, but help our listeners understand how the time that you spent in, in quote unquote corporate America helped you in your endeavor at care visits, given your background. I know you mentioned that you, you know, you were working, but you never said what, and like I said, I know just because I know, but help our, our listeners get a feel for how you can use that time, that period, that, that experience to kind of segue and, and, and complement what you're doing when you launch out on your own? That's a great point um, because my career started out in hospitality and what better place to know how to take care of customers than hospitality. So I would say that your corporate experience, um, your work experience is definitely instrumental. Um, I don't think I would be the person that I am today if I wasn't groomed um, to know how to take care of guests when they check into the hotel, for example. It's all about that first impression, right? Mm-hmm. So when we go out to care for one of our clients, it's, it's about that first impression. How are they going to or how are you going to make sure that they return, that you get that repeat business? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to hospitality. Um, you have to make sure that you, again, wow them um, during their first their first experience with you during that first um, initial contact. So hospitality definitely helped groom me, human resources. So I spent the last 20 years in human resources, and I have a master's in human resources. So knowing how to talk to people, mm-hmm. how to mediate conflict, right, in the work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, I've been working in talent acquisition, so how to recruit people. Mm-hmm. So now I know what type of people I'm looking for, right? I've recruited for different types of people for different positions within these Fortune 500 companies. I better know how to recruit for people for my company, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So all of that has played a role into the professional that I've become and into the leader that I've become because I definitely gained some experiences from each of those positions that I've held within corporations. So I would say just suck up all the knowledge that you can and also, too, observe. I'm doing that a lot now. Mm-hmm. I observe how these managers treat their employees. I observe how the work environment feels. From a culture perspective, gotcha. so when people come to work at my company, how do I want them to feel working here? I want them to feel like they're part of a family. You know, I want them to feel like that they're appreciated. So also pay attention, you know, to how employees are treated and pay attention to how the offices are designed. Gotcha. Um, is it colorful to, you know, inspire creativity? Pay attention to all those things while you can because nine out of ten times you're going to be able to use that knowledge or that experience in building your own business. That is really, really good advice. Actually, great advice. And it's free. Like, you should charge for that advice. <laughs> <It> took... <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm still growing. <laughs> and, and you know what, Terry? To me, and that's what I admire about you, I think that humility, the ability to know and understand that you don't know everything, and that you're always willing to learn and to get better, com- continuous improvement, right? I think that's the telltale sign of a person that is 
is going up and there's no there's no limit to what a person with that mindset is going to do because they're continuing to learn they're continuing continuing to grow and you can learn something from everybody and i think the moment you realize that your life is going to be so much better because you can connect on on so many different levels with so many different people that it will it, it'll blow your mind so i appreciate that and i mean that that's really really good advice i know for for me and and um if you're listening all the, the listeners out there um be humble be be teachable uh, despite the fact that if you're the 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 owner the ceo or whatever you call yourself be teachable and and know that you can learn something from everyone at every level of of your organization exactly and i can give you a perfect example to that so when i first launched care visit i'm thinking okay we need to go after you know caregivers one by one by one um through referral um only but then i went to a workshop at matter and one of the speakers was talking about corporate health and awareness and wellness. So we pivoted, and now we're going after major contracts with corporations because what a better place to reach caregivers, especially in those numbers, um, than to go directly to them in the workplace. And I think to your point, through me being flexible, you know, and open, I was able to take that knowledge and internalize it and come up with a whole new product or service that we can offer within our organization. So flexibility is definitely key. Awesome. Awesome. So we're coming up on the last five minutes of our time. Where did it go? It feels like we just started, started conversating. <laughs> yes, I mean, we just getting started. <laughs> right. And, and, and we were talking a little bit offline on how when you're passionate about something and when you love something, the time just flies by. Uh, so yes. <laughs> last couple of questions and then we're going to um, give your, your contact information and uh, follow up um, information. What's the best business advice that you've ever received? That's a great question, and I think I alluded to this earlier. Um, so I mentioned that I'm reading this book by Jason Freed, and the book is called Rework. And I think the best advice that I received is that you can actually be successful by doing less than your competitors. Hmm. And I know that sounds a bit odd, right? Hmm. Can I be successful or competitive, or competitive by doing less mm-hmm. than my competitors? Okay. So what that simply means is, like for us, we're competing against in-home care services, right, where they go in to the home and they may help clean and bathe the patient and feed the patient and all of that, right, which is great and we're thankful, mm-hmm. you know, for in-home care services. But the only thing we want to do is just knock on the door and say, hey, what's up? Are you okay? What do you need? So how can we be competitive if that's all we want to do, right? Um, And the reason why we can be competitive is because we want to do the one thing, right, and do it well. So don't feel like you have to add additional services and programs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just focus on doing one thing that your competitors are not doing well, and then you'll find that you'll be successful. So I just wanted to mention that, and that's probably some of the best advice that I've received so far. And it makes me a little bit more, I think, courageous mm-hmm. and a little bit more confident in our service that we're offering. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what three pieces of advice would you offer to entrepreneurs starting out today? Um, I think the first thing, which we mentioned a moment ago, is to remember your why. Um, so you have to get up in the morning, remember your why. If that includes creating a vision board or putting a picture up or whatever that looks like to help you remember, um, do that because you're going to need um, that encouragement. Um, get started. There's never a good time to start a business. We're always going to have excuses. I don't have the money. I need to wait for the kids to finish college. I'm mm-hmm. not healthy right mm-hmm. now. Get started, even if it's you doing a little bit every day like I mentioned a moment ago. And then, of course, stay healthy not going to be able to get anything done if you're not healthy. So remember to take care of yourself. And I think everything else will fall into place. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we got about two minutes, Terry. Um, And again, I appreciate you being on the show. Tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you. If you have um, any, any services that you want to to shout out now or um, give them your Facebook, your Twitter, and how can they get in touch with you and keep in touch with you? Yes. So you can reach out to me as LZ mentioned via Facebook, or Twitter. Um, so basically, you just need to put into the search engine care visits and all of our different social media pages will pop up. And if you mess- send a message, then I will get it. 
or you can email us at info um, at carevisits.com. So that's carevisits with a K. And I think I offered up my um, email account earlier, and that's terrymacarath at carevisits.com. So either method, I'll get the message. Um, I can even give you the number direct, and that's 630-205-0115 if you want to call me directly or text me, and I promise to respond. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to do the same. This has been Enterprise Now with Elsie Flinnard. We are on WQYLDB Radio. You can reach me at E-L-Z-I-E-F at WQYL-DB.com. E-L-Z-I-E-F at WQYL-DB.com. So that's how you can reach out to me. Or you can come to our website, WQYL dash db.com thank you again terry and we'll see you next time what a fantastic episode hey listen i want to know something what is the top concern that you have in your business is it sales is it marketing is it finance operations shoot me an email mayor at podcasttown.net I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.